Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. Take your favorite beverage of choice as we look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. And I tell you, folks, they've been talking this week about taking the current shows, the monthly shows, and doing a subscription model on ESPN+. And people are saying that they wouldn't keep the network for that. Well, I keep the network mainly for the vault stuff and the older shows and I probably watch maybe two or three of the current stuff so I'll keep it and it until it goes away and if I'm the only one then I'll be the last one to turn the lights out but I don't think that that model is going to work if you've been getting giving people something for $9.99 a month it's one thing to raise the price go to a tier system i don't think anybody would have a problem with that it's another thing to say oh we're going to sell the streaming rights to another network now you need a 4.99 espn plus subscription plus they're going to charge you for the amount of whatever the big show is and go to the pay-per-view model which is going to be about 60 to 70 dollars worth i don't think anybody's going to do that regardless of whether they decide to keep a network subscription or not but just my two cents but we're not talking about the current product we're talking about some of the biggest shows already on the network and today we're going to take a look at the first clash of the champions from the nwa and jim crockett promotions Clash of the Champions 1 was shown on March 27, 1988 from the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. It had a 5.6 rating on TBS, and this is the third round of the WWF-JCP battle, and this one hurt the WWF bad. They had their biggest show of the calendar year in WrestleMania 4, and Jim Crockett Promotions takes a page out of Vince McMahon's book, along with the Turner people and put a free show on TBS opposite of WrestleMania 4. And it did good ratings, except where I am, because in my hometown, we did not have cable. In fact, my hometown still does not have cable. Everyone just has a satellite now. But couldn't watch pay-per-view, couldn't watch TBS. So what did I do? Well, years later, I rented WrestleMania 4 on video and did not see Clash 1 until I got the network because years later when I got into tape trading, due to not having any of the big shows on tape, I was buying all my tapes and I had a long list of things that I wanted to buy before I got to Clash 1. Anyway, we start with the opening credits talking about some of the battles tonight. Tony Giovanni and Bob Caldwell welcome us to Greensboro. 
The infamous 1988 Midnight Rider angle started the day before on TBS, and it's mentioned briefly before they talk about tonight. They then throw it to Jim Ross, who basically says hi before we start. Amateur Wrestling Exhibition for the NWA Television Championship. Jimmy Garvin with Precious versus Mike Rotunda with Kevin Sullivan. Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone are on the call. We're going to have three five-minute rounds with a one count for a fall. Amateur wrestling to start. Garvin withdraws. Comes out again fighting. Rotunda regroups. A lot of mat wrestling, rest holes, and stalling. Rotunda tries to get a pin, but the round ends. After a 30-second rest break, round two. Garvin comes out hot. Sullivan goes after Precious, so Garvin comes over. Rotunda comes from behind and gets the pin. Rick Steiner and Kevin Sullivan join Rotunda in beating down Garvin, but Precious starts to choke Sullivan with a coat hanger. This is very extreme for 1988. Bob Caudle interviews Steve Williams, who talks about his tour of Japan and what's happened to Dusty Rose the night before, and he wants to fight the winner of the Ric Flair Sting main event. U.S. Tag Team Championship match, the Midnight Express, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton with Jim Cornette versus the Fantastics, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers. Music Dub City to begin with of the Midnight Express music to start. Fantastics are over even if they were always in the Rock and Roll Express's shadow. Hot and fast action to start. Chairs are flying. It finally heads towards the ring. The crowd is hot for this match. The Midnight Express cheat to perfection. Eaton hits an elbow drop just as good as Randy Savage. Rogers is selling really well here. It goes back outside. They use tables and chairs. The Midnight Express are doing great double team moves. Rogers makes the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, so Fulton throws the referee out. It all breaks down. Tommy Young counts the Fantastics pinfall, but Randy Anderson reverses it because of the throwout spot. It becomes a melee. The Midnight Express take a belt and they just whip Fulton without mercy. Bob Caudle then talks about the new Leave It to Beaver, and they go to Ken Osmond, who talks with Jim Cornette and who will be a ringside judge. This is all TBS cross-promotion, and I went today and found out that the new Leave It to Beaver, they made a hundred episodes of that show. I've never seen one of them. Bob Caudle then interviews Al Perez and Gary Hart. Hart says that they are after championships and money. They then challenge Dusty Rhodes. Bob Caudle throws it to Francis Crockett, who announces the top 10 teams for the Crockett Cup coming up. We then go to the Road Warriors Hawk and Animal with Dusty Rhodes and Paul Ellering versus the Powers of Pain Warlord and the Barbarian and Ivan Koloff with Paul Jones. This is a six-man barbed wire Chicago slash Texas street fight. I say that because they said that. They said both names during the beginning stages. All six men in. This comes from the bench press challenge where Animal was hurt by the power of the pain. Power moves and forearms galore. Dusty and Ivan bleed early. Rose then does a little flip flop and fly. Animal hits the power slam on Warlord. The Barbarian goes off the top rope to hit Animal, who then moves and he hits Warlord, and Animal gets the pin. They knock Animal's mask off and they start to go for his bad eye. Dusty Rhodes and Hawk then run them off. 
Tony and Jim plug the new NWA main event show that starts the next week. They then throw it to Bob Caudill, who is going to interview Nikita Koloff. Koloff has grown out his hair and says he's a new man and how he's been talking to kids about not doing drugs. They allude to his real-life situation where his wife uh, had cancer and was passing away from it. Um, and now he says he wants the world title. NWA World Tag Team Championship match. Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard with J.J. Dillon versus Barry Wyndham and Lex Luger. The faces come out hot, and frankly, the crowd is hot for Luger. Anderson comes back and is a methodical machine. This is a great wrestling crowd. Wyndham puts a sleeper on Blanchard, who goes outside, but Wyndham keeps the hold on. Anderson hits a big DDT and only gets a two count, then a spine buster for a two count. Arn Anderson is the most versatile wrestler, wrestler that I know. He does a great DDT. He does probably the best spine buster that there has ever been. Man is criminally underappreciated. Back and forth. Great wrestling by Blanchard and Wyndham. Blanchard hits the slingshot suplex, which is a great move. I love seeing Tully Blanchard hit the slingshot suplex. And I can tell you, not being a wrestling fan at this time, because I really didn't have access to it, as I've talked to it before, I did not know that there was somebody named Tully. I did not know Tully was a name. I thought that my friends who watched wrestling and always were talking about it were saying Telly, as in Telly Savalas, because that was the only Telly that I knew. I later learned that no, it's not Telly, it's Tully. Just an aside. Luger comes in, pumped up. JJ brings the chair up to hit the faces, but Anderson gets run into it and gets pinned. Wyndham Luger are the new tag team champions. About six months after this, over in the WWF, the big boss man and Akeem would become the Twin Towers. And that's probably the most well-known Twin Towers that there are. But Barry Wyndham and Lex Luger were also called the Twin Towers, which I always found pretty interesting. This team is hot. The crowd is really into them. They would not last long, and it would not be long before Barry Wyndham turned on Lex Luger. Jim and Tony talk about the next match. There are judges at ringside. Gary Juster, Sandy Scott, Patty Mullins, Ken Osmond, and Jason Herbin. Now, Patty Mullins was the 1988, 1988 excuse me, penthouse pet of the year. And she is being introduced after Sandy Scott, but whoever was doing the graphics package when Sandy Scott is introduced, the graphic says he is a former NWA star pet. Oh boy. Anyway, we go to our NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. Ric Flair with J.J. Dillon versus Sting. Sting is popular here, but Flair has his fans too. Try saying that 10 times fast. Flair has his fans too. That should be a roadside sobriety test. J.J. is suspended above the ring in a cage. This is a 45-minute television time limit match. Slow, methodical wrestling holds to start. Flair plays the psychological games. Sting has come to take care of business, and Flair is making him look so good. Great athleticism by both men. Sting hits a side headlock several times. He has a counter for Flair's moves. J.J. is trying to advise from his perch. 
You see how good Flair is here and how he is making Sting a made man. Flair works in a flare flop. Sting is also working his butt off too. Flair takes over and opens up the world famous flare, world famous flare chop house. Rick Flair and F words, I'm telling you, they will be the death of me. Sting counters with power moves. He gets a bear hug on Flair who sells like he is dying back and forth. It goes outside and Flair pushes Sting into the barricade. Flair unleashes on Sting. They brawl in and out of the ring. They're giving it their all. Sting hits the post at one point, back and forth again. Sting goes for the Scorpion Deathlock, but Flair gets to the ropes. This is such a good match. Sting gets a two after a crossbody. Flair attacks the knee. Flair gets the figure four on. Sting won't give up. He pulls Flair to the middle and turns it over. Both men down and both are hurt. Sting gets a suplex. Flair puts his knees up to counter a splash. Sting gets an abdominal stretch on. Flair gets caught up top. Sting goes to punish Flair's leg. He puts the figure four on Flair. Flair goes out over the top of the judges. Sting batters Flair on the judges table. With five minutes left, they kick it up a notch. So many near falls. Sting misses the splash and goes out. They come back in and both go for falls. The crowd is losing their minds. Sting hits the splash and gets the scorpion deathlock on, but Flair won't give up. The time expires. Decision goes to the judges. Both wrestlers are spent. The judges are split, so the matches are draw. The crowd didn't like the result, but both did tremendously. Flair retains his title. Tony, Jim, and Bob recap the show and sign off from Greensboro. They then show the end credits. There are a number of ways that you can contact me. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey Harris saying so long from Stately Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 